Okay, hi everybody. It is week 3000 uh, for the On Purpose <laughs> episode. <laughs> I am Dr. John Duffy and with me is Chicago Tribune columnist Heidi Stevens. Hi Heidi, how are you? I'm okay. How are you? Um, uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. You uh, and the kids are on spring break. We are. Yeah. It's been uh, um, a staycation like no other. Um, yeah. <laughs> we, we were going to go to Puerto Rico, um, you know, Monday and come home today, actually. And obviously that didn't happen. So we have been sticking close to home, which has actually been quite nice. I'm going to, you know, be totally honest. I feel a little sad that our beachy trip got canceled, but also really grateful, of course, for our good health. And, you know, this week that we've had, which has been filled with like ping pong in the backyard. We moved our little ping pong table out to our backyard from our basement. So been fun. Kind of so a hoot fun. and yeah. so fun. And uh, really long walks every day with my daughter, which has been just you know, like I'll never forget those times. Oh, and gotta um, be dreamy, right? I mean, just great. Yeah, and like, mm. would we have done that? you know, on a beach maybe, um, but we're doing it in our neighborhood. And, and actually, um, I had kind of a fun moment. I, we live near-ish Bucktown and Wicker Park, which are the neighborhoods where I spent, you know, my 20s, either like I had apartments there or we hung out there or whatever. And oh, so yeah. we've been walking over there and it's been fun to show her like, oh, there's where, you know, we'd go to brunch and like you'd put your name in and the wait would be forever. So then you go next door to my epic books and like shop for used books while you're waiting. And like oh. all these things that I can tell her we did and we're walking by them. And I was thinking like how different my relationship is with her versus my relationship with my mom when I was her age for a million reasons. But one of them is like, I don't think I could ever relate to what my mom's life was like mm-hmm. in her teenage years or her twenties in the way that I think my daughter can probably relate to mine. Am I making sense? Totally. Um, why like, do you think, why do you think your daughter can relate to your life? I, I actually agree with this and I see this in kids. So what, what, what do you think the difference is there? Well, I don't think it's anything that she and I uniquely have. I think this is true for most parents and teenagers right now, or certainly plenty of parents and teenagers right now. And <clears throat> some of it is that we watch the same shows and listen to the same music and uh-huh. you know, use the same social media apps. And like we, she and I will be walking and like, we'll both see the, this piece of street art that we both want to shoot a picture of and put on Instagram. Like, so, you know, in a way we're like living these parallel lives that my mom, when she was 45 and I was 14 and we were walking places together, just wouldn't have experienced the same. Right. So I think that's a big part of it. I think also just like, I don't know, the the world, it feels like it's changing so rapidly right now, but in a way it's like um, a different kind of rapid. So like, I, I think if I was walking with my mom when I was in eighth grade and she was talking to me about her teenage years and early twenties, it just would have felt like something I would have read about in a history book, like, you know, yeah. the way, like the things women were allowed to do back then were so different. And like, everybody right. had to get married by a certain age. And like the, you know, there was barely like half the stuff that I got had been used to by then hadn't even been invented when she was that age. So like, it just feels like she lived in a totally different world than I did. Yeah. And I feel like June and I, it's different. I feel like we kind of live, she's kind of growing up in the same world I grew up in. Like she, she probably could go 
hang out at Wicker Park and yep. get brunch with their friends, like literally at Bongo Room where I would hang out and get brunch with my friends, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's a really uh-huh. interesting point. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I, I get where um, it doesn't feel right. The world is changing fast. And yet, um, yeah, your time in that area probably could match June's time in that area. And in I feel the same about George and I. It's true. I mean, or, or not right. Not, not precisely, but location wise could be the same even though same spot, the same restaurant, it doesn't feel so black and white, literally like black and white, like, you right. know, like, like an old, right. an old photograph you can't relate to at all. Yeah. And you feel that way about George versus you and your dad. Oh yeah. I mean, everything about my parents' life, um, their early life feels like, uh, it absolutely feels like something that is so deep in history Um, you know, like literally we're digging into, you know, old boxes to find like, you know, my parents' wedding pictures and pictures of my dad when he was younger. And, um, you know, when, when he was alive, he would tell me stories and, and it it all did feel incredibly remote. I mean, we, we actually had a lot of things in common, but, um, but you know, like the cars that he talked about were these massive cars from like the thirties and forties, you know, yeah. like, you know, and we had, he and I went and bought a firebird, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. um, so yeah, it, it's, it's, um, yeah, there, there, it's the same and it's different. And I, I think you're right in, in some ways it feels like the world is changing so rapidly, right. You know, like, um, the idea of just all the technology we have right now that we didn't have when we were kids and yet, um, and, and some things feel the same, like where, jo- where George lives now, he lives in Lincoln Park. He li- his George's girlfriend lives about a half a block from where I lived when I had an apartment in my twenties, mm-hmm. and and um, she lives about about twenty yards from where Julie and I met. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it, yeah, and the the your use of the word remote is really really hits it. Like I I, I don't think our lives even before our kids came along feel remote to our kids. I think it just all feels like it's all of a piece. Like you're you, I know you, I know all about you. Um, and I didn't, I, I never had that sense with my own parents. I still don't, you know, I can, I'm getting better at like coaxing stories out of them and asking questions about stuff that I know they wouldn't bring up on their own because it's just not their personalities. But like, it's, you know, almost like a fact finding mission versus like, just, you know, this sort of constant organic togetherness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So do you think, do you think that part of it is just the way we communicate generation to generation? Like I'm thinking like my father, who is, who is a a really sweet man. He, he rarely would sit me down and talk to me about how things used to be. And if it did, it kind of felt almost like this kind of history lesson or something. Yeah. Um, Whereas I think about like, there's something organic about that and easy about that between my son and I, between some of the parents and kids that I work with. Um, and it's not all like lecture, you know, when I was your age, we were right. this way with, um, it's not always attached it, to a lesson. Yeah. 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 No, it feels like, it's just like, you know, Oh, I totally get what you mean because this is how I felt. And yeah, there, there seems to be a, a more, uh, almost a deliberate openness now between parent and kids that I suspect and I find serves families maybe a little better than um, mom and dad being kind of these characters, the, you know, these roles that are um, 
disciplinarian and um, structure driven and and all this other stuff that there's like um, all this all, all these fleshed out the fleshed out character of mom and dad is probably really good for kids I would think I think so yeah I think so I think you're totally right and I think that parenting has just changed you know in such profound ways since you and I were raised and to now raising our kids and and even though our kids are you know your son's 10 years older than my daughter but still I think you and I parented and are parenting in you know kind of the same era right uh yeah and yeah and, and probably in similar ways I think you know in a lot of ways right I would guess that, that that if we laid out how we felt about parenting uh there would not be vast differences in opinion about like what the right methods are. I think that's right. And <clears throat> excuse me, I think there's you're, you, inter- you parent with an iron fist as well, right? Exactly. Right. A lot of beatings, <laughs> even when they don't deserve them, just to remind them who's in charge. You just got to um, keep them in line. That's it. That's right. Yeah. Um, there's an intimacy to it that I don't think was necessarily there with previous generations or, or of course there are going to be exceptions or someone sure have an example of a extremely close, you know, yeah. and similar to today bond with their parent. But for the most part, I don't think people raise their kids to be, you know, little conversation mates and, right. you know, friends. And like, I mean, we, my kids and I tell each other stories about our days just because not because I need them to take a lesson away from this thing that happened to me or, you know, yeah. um, or they need my advice on this thing that happened with a friend. Like they'll just tell me like, Oh my God, you're not gonna believe what happened today with so-and-so. And it, it's not to like, what should I do? It's like, cause they couldn't get wait to get home and tell me. And I'm the yeah. same way with them. Um, about like, okay, so you guys want to hear the latest about the thing at work? And they're like, yes. Um, and those are just, it's just how it is. It's not, um, it's, there's no role there. Like, okay. And now you, what's the takeaway kids from that story? Like, that's not, I don't talk to my friends that way. I don't talk to, you know, um, yep. felt like my peers that way. So that's not how I talk to them either. Anyway, of course there are moments where they need my advice and where I need to give them lessons, but that's not all it is. And I think that part might be new, um, you know, newer, certainly from when you and I were growing up. Um, I think most of the relating was in service of a, a lesson of some sort. Oh, I totally agree. And, um, we, we could probably dwell on this for quite some time, but one, one thing I think is different is I know that, you know, um, my, my parents and their cohort, they were able to parent uh, uh, in large part via fear, like not not mm. solely and deliberately, but, you know, definitely, you know, like wait till your father gets home. Like my mom had that line in her pocket and that worked on me, you know, like yeah. that worked on all of us, you know, like and we didn't we didn't know. I mean, my father wasn't abusive. He didn't. You know, but but we knew like we didn't want a stern look from him, you know, like yeah. that was that was scary. Yeah. And. I don't know what shifts in a generation, but I will say that um, George and I have joked about this. Like, you know, have, did you ever once, were you ever once worried about right. what was going to happen <laughs> me when I got home? <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know, um, appropriately, he's like, uh, no. No. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, there's, there's something I, I like about that vibe for families better because I don't, I, I think we now recognize like, oh, 
these people are way more sophisticated than we thought they were, or maybe maybe part of it's technology and what they have access to. And so we can kind of treat them like people. We can we don't right. have to tame them. We can kind of treat them like human beings. And, uh, oh, my God, make, exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, they're, and they're fascinating and interesting. And I was lucky enough to figure that out just by working with people. So I was lucky enough to work with kids who were teenagers before George was a teenager. And so I was able to apply these things I learned to my own kid. I don't know how I would have done this otherwise. You know, I, maybe it would have been the same. Maybe it would have been different. But I feel like I, I learned about the whole connection bit from, you know, just working with other kids and recognizing like, oh, being like kind of the therapist on high, that's not going to, they don't care about that. But, you know, yeah. if you're there listening, they're, they're all in on that. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. so this begs a question. So um, you and I were talking before we started about our own rising anxiety, right? During the, you know, there's some stuff going on in the world right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, right, right. Like a pandemic. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, do we share, do you share that with, or, or does one share this with one's kids? You know what I mean? Or is this the kind of thing that we should keep kind of cloistered because we don't want to freak the kids out. We don't want them to worry unnecessarily. What do you think? Yeah, it's such a good question. And I think my opinion changes by the hour. But it's funny because I think you and I both um, like the fear kicked in the same week um, for both of us. And I I think I was holding it at bay a little bit um, up until this week. And part of it is that I was off work this week, so I had more time to think. And also, you know, my my work has me. Uh, you know, the way I do my job is, is I'm on the lookout for, you know, stories of like humanity working. And, and yeah. so I haven't been doing that this week because I'm off. I mean, other than the way I look for it, just, you know, to keep myself, you know, like sustained or whatever, but, um, yeah, I bet it's hard to turn that off even on a week, you know, when you're not working, I bet you are vigilant for, what's where, where's the good underneath the, the, the devastation here. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And even, even if I'm not going to write about it or if I'm filing away stuff like, Oh, maybe I'll write about that later. But anyway, um, this was the week for me where I started feeling like, um, I think the, the knowledge of what's been lost and will never come back. Um, yeah. and that's a, a lot of human lives. I mean, there's just a lot of people out there, right now grieving the loss of someone they loved. Um, and that person is, you know, never coming back. And, um, the, the economic impact is scaring me. I'm starting to worry about, um, big cities, um, Mm -hmm. not just Chicago. I mean, New York has lost way more people, um, to this than they lost in 9-11, um, already. And we're not anywhere close to the end. Um, Chicago, I mean, it's hard for me to imagine suddenly a vibrant um, theater community and live music industry and um, sporting events and street festivals and, Uh. um, (laughs) you know, um, like cute little local restaurants and shops. And it's hard for me to imagine that stuff rolling back into play anytime soon. And, And then I started thinking like, well, so now is the city about to descend into like a decade or so of, um, extremely high 
poverty and crime? And is that also going to happen in most big cities? And is that going to trickle into smaller towns? And is Trump going to get reelected? And is college going to become a luxury item for the wealthy? And will either my kids go to college? And if they go to college and then they graduate with a bunch of debt, will they find jobs to help pay right. down the debt? Like, so this is where my, this is what my brain is doing right now. And it's not even really crazy thinking. It's like pretty rational, I think, based on like what I'm reading from, you know, economic an analysts and yep. stuff that I'm reading in like the Tribune, not wacky, you know, partisan, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like, right. Not like, clickbait, like garbage. Or, yeah. yeah. Right. 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 Um, like legit, you know, this is, this is bad. Um, and it's not even as bad as it's going to get. And we don't know how we'll ever come back from this kind of stuff is it, it's making me worry that my kids are not going to grow up in the kind of world I thought they were going to grow up in. Um, and that some of the things I guess I took for granted in my own privileged way no longer seem certain. Um, and that kind of stuff I would not share with them. That is something yeah. that I'm letting myself feel and not necessarily talking myself right out of. Um, because, you know, honestly, I think part of why we have these instincts like fear and anxiety is so, I mean, they're, it's almost like stepping on a nail and feeling pain, right? You know, to pull away. Like, I, I think right. that they have to be signals a little bit, right? So like, mm -hmm. do we, do I need to take these fears seriously so that we can then make decisions that better prepare us for a future, like, do I need to be saving more? Right. Do I need right. to be, you know, saying no to certain things that would, you know, put us in a precarious position. Like we, you know, we just got an email yesterday from our company saying that we're, you know, we have across the board pay cuts or we can raise our hand to be voluntarily separated from the company. So like, these are, you know, these are real things and, and we're lucky. We haven't been laid off yet. Like there's right. a lot of people who've already been, you know, laid off for weeks or months by now. Um, so, so many clients of mine, you know, who, um, right. Felt exactly like you, like you and I do like, you know, like, you know, a month ago, two months ago, you know, they pictured a certain world and now they're in such a different world. So suddenly it's just jarring, you know, and, um, anyway, go ahead. Totally. Please. Well, so I, to answer your question, like, I'm not, you know, I don't want to freak my kids out and I don't need to lay all my, you know, deepest, darkest fears onto them. But, but I'm definitely being, you know, realistic with them when they, you know, like they're asking if I think certain things will go ahead as planned this summer. Like, do you think, you know, do you think I'll get to go to camp? Do you think they're going to cancel mm -hmm. camp? I, you know, I don't pretend to know. I say like, right. I have no idea. I, I hope, I hope it goes ahead, but I don't know. There's no way to know that right now. Like, the, so I'm being that level of honest with them and instead of like, Oh, I'm sure that's months away. You guys, um, right. You know, um, and, and on spending stuff too, you know, it's like, uh -huh. well, guys, this is, um, you know, if we have a little extra money laying around, we, you know, we should pick a GoFundMe to, to send it to, um, you know, maybe like there's a restaurant down the block that we used to get, you know, we used to go either go to every Friday night or get takeout from every Friday night. So like, let's send a little money their way. Um, 
the money that How we would be spending that? if you know we were if they were open. Um, right. But beyond that, like, let's you know, let's not spend money we don't have right now. Let's save a little more than we're used to saving. Like, um, and I and they know why. I mean, we you know. Michael sure. and I were at the same place. We both got the same email at the same time yesterday. We read the email aloud to them. They know um, what's happening. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, different people would have different opinions on that, I guess. Like that's, yeah. you should shield your kid from that. Or that's not to, that's not a burden they should be carrying. I, I, it's just not the way we parent, you know, I'm mm-hmm. sort of like, guys, here's the, here's this thing that's happening. Um, so you know, FYI. <laughs> and I'm yeah. not wrecked by it. Like we literally went outside and, you know, made s'mores five minutes <laughs> right, later. Right. Um, right, right. And goofed around and laughed and Michael and Will played ping pong next to the fire pit like good ten minutes later. So it's not like, you know, we don't take to our room and start drinking. Um but <laughs> well that's the difference between us, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but it's in the air. So I don't know. That's um, that's a long way of half answering your question. <laughs> no, but I think, I think it's the right answer. And, you know, I, I, and I think you're right that, you know, like, I think really like smart people can kind of disagree on the nuances of that, but I can tell you, you and Michael are really thoughtful about this and, you know, like, um, yeah, I think they need to know this. Like we should probably read this email to them and, you know, and they, and they do know, there's a lot they do know. Um, that's, that's one thing I'm running into, that it has kind of shifted my whole affect in the past week or 10 days or so is um, I am hearing from teenagers, you know, so I'm doing, I'm doing um, teletherapy um, Mm -hmm. all all day now. And um, which is just the weirdest thing because I'm literally staring at my phone literally for like a dozen hours straight. And I, by the 12th hour, Heidi, I literally wondered, do these people think I'm high? Like, because right. <laughs> I know my eyes are red. I know I'm probably slurring my speech. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this can't seem right. Um, right. But, but a lot of the kids I'm talking to um, are actually the ones who are giving me kind of a cold reality about what they see. You know, um, I'm hearing from kids your daughter's age or give or take a year or two saying like, we're, we're definitely, we're not going to have school next year. We're going to, you know, I'm not the way kids go to college. Now there's not a chance I'm going to go to college like that. Like I, I assume there's going to be some way to issue degrees, but it's not going to look like that. And then, you know, like what the job that your son has, you know, like I'm never going to have that kind of a thing, you know, like internships, forget internships. Right, 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 right. And so they have this like, and even this view of the economy, like, you know, oh yeah, we're going to be like, you know, we're all going to be poor now like you know Mm -hmm. that for for a very long time so it's really interesting to hear what kids think and how they feel and um it's and and and, you know what they think of like the whole uh e-learning you know like that you know like we're not i'm not picking up anything i'm not gonna i'm gonna have to take the act next year i'm not learning anything i hope they rewrite it to eliminate this entire semester you know um So yeah, kids have like, they're thinking things through as they sit there and, you know, like a lot of kids are, you know, playing, you know, five or six hours of video games or looking at Snapchat all day and they're getting tired of that, you know, so they're getting stir crazy. So they're like, you know, and you Duffy, you're going to be, you're going to be so busy because we're going to, we're all going to be messed up. Everyone's going to be like, so, and, and this is from children, you know, and that's kind of what got me feeling like, Ooh, yeah, there's, there's the, the devastation 
that is still coming, you know, like I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, when I, I, I had, I think one of those like lucid dreams about a week ago, but I've had it now a couple of times where, um, I'm on a roller coaster that is the curb, honestly. (laughs) And all I'm, all I'm doing is I'm on that part where you're approaching the top of a roller coaster, you know, one of the big falls yeah, and it's just going slow and slow and slow, but you know, you're going up, you know, it's getting worse and worse and worse. And that, and it, and then I wake up and it's terrifying. And, um, and so that's, that's what, you know, I realize I wake up with this kind of like bile and this fear and, um, and that, that's what I, that, that's the, I literally said like, oh, right when you're afraid, because you're not, you, you, I'm really deft at avoiding it as soon as I can. Like I get mm-hmm. busy, I'm reading articles, I'm, you know, I find a way to readjust really quickly. And yet I think that fear state is, you know, running underneath my whole psyche constantly. Yeah. And, um, you know, <laughs> Julie and I were joking that she, she spilled a cup of coffee yesterday or the day before, and the day before that, I did here. Um, I'm in my office. There's nobody here. The building's empty, and I, it is literally fumigated. Like, <laughs> it couldn't be cleaner. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I spilled a cup of coffee, and walking over here the other day, I tripped over myself. Like, literally, like, <laughs> I, like just me, <laughs> my own feet. And, you know, so it's like we're on Earth, I think. But it's a different earth, and I'm, I thought I was in sync and in rhythm with myself, but clearly I am not, um, and I don't know if any of us are. You know, I think you know, we're all, um, I, I, I suspect we're all more out of rhythm than we know, and then we have these moments where it kind of shows in a glaring way. Yeah. Had, any, had anything like that? Um, I haven't tripped over my own feet, but I... <laughs> By next week. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> by next week, I will have. I mean, I spill things every day. So that actually feels totally in sync for me. <laughs> what have I broken today? Yeah, there's a lot of broken dishes. Like, not out of rage, just because I'm... Right. Crazy. So one thing Michael said this morning, he was... I think he saw it on Twitter. It was, like, the fourth or fifth person he saw um, tweeting about, like, the movie that they turn to in times of you know, turmoil. Like, here's the yep. movie that always brings me comfort. What is it for you? And he was like, God, I don't, I never like go rewatch something, um, you know, in a time of strife. Like I'm so much more prone to like, you know, use the downtime to finally catch up on something I've never seen or whatever. And I was like, same yep. for me with books. Like I don't, you know, I know some people reread and reread the same book and yep. I've never, I don't think I've ever reread a book actually. Um, so anyway, we just got talking about like, you know, what people turn to right now for comfort. And then other people don't try to turn to anything for comfort. They're just looking for something to kind of illuminate this time or help explain it or put it in historic perspective or something like that. But right. Anyway, I'm curious what you've been watching or (laughs) reading right now. Yeah. Okay. So, um, let's see. Uh, I, so we watched, the Tiger King thing. I don't know. I don't know if you've watched this thing. If you, yeah, I no, assume you've heard about it this doesn't, thing. It doesn't appeal to me at all, but tell me about it. It, it just it's, looks to me like Jerry Springer and an animal. And I don't know. It's, <laughs> wa- it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's um, horrific. It's unappealing. Um, and it's, it's the, it's the car crash you can't turn away from, but um, okay. we, we, we were kind of musing. And I think this is true that had this been, 
just this little short thing that was issued on Netflix and this were an ordinary time, I don't think anybody would be making note of this thing at all other than like, okay. wow, what a weird little subculture this is. These people who own like tigers in America, you know, like um, yeah. I didn't know that existed. Uh, but they, they kind of create this. Kind of, it, it is an absolutely bizarre world. Um, but it made me think I would love to talk to Michael about this sometime, but it made me think that about the nature of creating a documentary um, and the great documentaries I've seen lately that the researchers go out to look into one phenomenon and just stumble upon something mm. amazing, you know, like yeah. something bizarre and or, or amazing or the amazing thing happens. You and I both watched cheer i think maybe yeah. before all this happened right yeah um and i think about like um w without giving anything away about what that how that is or how it ends or anything i'm thinking like wow you know you what what an amazing thing to follow this cheerleading team in this community college in texas for a year or more and you know and some and the things happen as opposed to it just being ordinary right like i always wonder like do, do our, documentarians ever try to make something that's like, well, there's nothing here. Like nothing happened this time. You know? yeah. like, and then, and then it's completely disappointing because that one was a bit of a thrill. Right. Right. And, and totally so inspired. For, so for Tiger King, was that not the story they set out to tell? No, no. This guy was going to, um, he was going to look into owners of um, snakes and um, alligators and things. And somebody walked them, he said, and he was in this like sanctuary where they had some, and there was a van outside and in the van was a white tiger. And oh. so he's like, what, what, what is this about? And then he just kind of followed this path and found these characters. Um, and there are about three or four of them who own these, a lot of these Big cats, which in and of itself becomes like this massive side note to the personalities, but it is a horror. Like, you know, you, you get little so glimpses into how sad. these, oh, it's super sad. I mean, you know, like oh. I can hardly stand, I don't, I'm not much for zoos, like no, uh, at all. <laughs> um, so, you know, like this is like these cats, somebody, somewhere in the documentary, someone made the mistake for Julie and I of saying like, really these cats need about 400 acres and they're in cages. Aww. I mean, it's like, Aww. and you can see where, um, you know, the anxious cat, like just walking around in a circle and yet the camera is off the, the tiger or the lion or you name it leopard. Um, and on to like, you know, Oh, look at how crazy Joe exotic is dressed today. And you know what zany things are going to happen between he and his several husbands, um, what? <laughs> or this woman who, alleged, yeah, um, he, he had, at one point had two husbands and um, at the Did same time. Did they know time, about each other? Uh, yeah, yeah. They, okay. Oh, they all got married in the same ceremony. It was lovely. Oh. And, okay. um, and yeah. Did a and, tiger and, and, and appreciate? Uh, tiger was there. There were several <laughs> cubs. Uh, and then there's another uh, owner who may or may not have um, killed her husband and fed him to tigers. Oh, so there's your teaser like that. Okay. <laughs> and, and they are arch enemies. So um, I know you're going to watch it all day today. Obviously, okay. you saved me from um, tuning into that. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I, I well, don't think it's a must-see thing, really. I, you know, but I think, tons uh, of people are watching it. I mean, at least oh yeah, based on my Twitter feed. What ha- have you watched? Anything that you've enjoyed, or are you watching anything currently? Yeah, I mean, um, not while we're so, talking. I don't think um, are you uh, <laughs> are you streaming uh, on another <laughs> screen while we're talking. <laughs> just, just hold on a second, Heidi. This looks a good part. Um, Reese Witherspoon's so talking. I, I all I'm watching the things I'm watching that I'm enjoying. Uh, Reese Witherspoon is involved in. <laughs> I just can't get around that reality. So um, I don't know how Reese Witherspoon is spreading things out because I know she's decided to, in a really cool way, make this kind of like um, really, really good TV and these short run series that read like long films. I mean, I love what she's doing from um, mm, what's the what's the one that took place in California with Nicole Kidman and. The the liars, the lies, pretty little oh, lies. Oh yeah, right. Oh, the little lies. That was or big little lies, like big little lies. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, just did you watch that? Pretty little liars. No, not big pretty little, little liars. But this is bigger. This is big. I didn't this watch is it. Reese Witherspoon <laughs> size lies. Okay. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> it was astonishing. It was amazing. Um, and then uh, I'm watching Little Fires Everywhere. Same. Um, so good. Did you did you read the book? No. So I read the book when, when the book came out and I'm watching the show and Julie's like, don't tell me what happens here. And honest to God, like I, I, I do not <laughs> like, remember I couldn't if I wanted to. I, <laughs> like I should. Right. You know, I, I remember know. like I loved the book and yet um, uh, I don't know. I don't know how this goes. I think the acting is insanely good, like just insanely so good. good. The right? kids, especially. Oh, I'm blown away by the kids. And I love that the uh, the producers, directors, whoever has decided to give like whole scenes just to the kids. And the kids like play this so well. And the kids have to be pretty, pretty solid characters. Right. Because they're not just they're not just like, you know, types. They're um, like the, the youngest daughter has to be this mystery um, yeah. and she Izzy. is Izzy and, yeah. and she's astonishing. Isn't she like, she is so, so good. good. Like, yeah. I know there's something about Izzy and, and from the, from the book, but I don't remember what it is. And that's kind of a thrill for me because I'm not through it yet. Are, are, are you finished with it? No, uh-uh. no, I'm behind. Mm. Weeks. I'm behind a couple of weeks as well. So, um, uh, yes, Izzy in particular, um, I keep telling Julie, like, oh my God, I so want to work with Izzy. I want to sit down with her and talk to her for an hour a week till the end of time. Like I totally. love this kid so much. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> and now I want to know what the actress is like. What the who is like? What the actress is like. I want to oh, know what that girl is, like, is totally. actually like, if she can play that kind of like dark and like with these shades of light too. Like she's amazing. Right. Right. And like still needs a mom, but also mm-hmm. like, you know, repels her mom at every turn. But I mean, then her mom is also like, nobody plays like an awful white woman better than <laughs> Reese Witherspoon. Reese is amazing and at she's playing amazing. an Ohio white woman. Like she's, so, <laughs> she's perfectly Republican white woman. She's amazing right. at it. She makes and, her skin crawl. And like the extra like hateful element of like thinking she's woke because she went to like you know a civil rights march once and like oh she's the worst <laughs> right um, and how how patronizing and condescending she is to Carrie Washington yes. and you know, and thinking she's being like so 
so high and mighty and Carrie right. Washington is just like all of us looking at her. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. You want me it's to be so your good. maid? <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and thinking, and Reese Witherspoon thinking all of her like good fortune and privilege is, um, you know, because of the good choices she's made in life. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, if only that's how it works. <laughs> right, right, right. No, no, no. I, I, so I'm really enjoying that. I and I like, I like one of those series that shows you, you know, uh, that, that exposes the end. Um, so you, like, it opens with the fire, right? The fire, I mean, yeah. So you, you know, like, okay, this all goes sour. This all goes way, way south, and then you're so it gives you the uh, the fun of getting to know the characters and trying to figure out like, okay, who did what and how did this evolve into this horrible thing that happens at the beginning, right? You know, like yeah. um, I thought that I, that that was a fun device, and um, I'm eager to get back to it. Yeah, it's like and reading a great the... diversion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yep. I also um, like just as a side note, like it, you're, you're pointing out, like you know the just the social commentary woven into something. I like when something can take a plot that's really great and say more than um, more than somebody preaching about something could possibly say, right? To just yes. demonstrate privilege without talking about it, without right. ever mentioning the word. Uh, that's impressive to me. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And it. It's set in the 90s, right? Or yeah. It's set a little while ago, but it feels very of the moment. Yeah, definitely. I mean, not yeah, it of definitely the feels global of the moment. pandemic moment, but <laughs> the, other, the, the other moment. The moment from a month the ago. The moment a couple of months ago, right. <laughs> right. The moment where we could still leave our houses <laughs> without masks on. Oh, right. God. Right. It is funny what you feel wistful for. You know, like uh, I, somebody said, like um, on Twitter or somewhere, Like I'm watching these movies or I'm watching a TV show and when there's a bunch of people in a school hallway, like high-fiving and stuff, I'm panicking. Like, no, you can't do that. You're going to be spreading it. (laughs) Totally. Yep. I'm having that experience with any time. We've been watching, Will and I especially have been watching a lot of movies together. Uh Um, And yeah, it's impossible not to view everything through the, even like we also watch a lot of Family Feud together. It's like our little, <laughs> Will and I love watching Family Feud together. I don't know why. It's family funny. Feud is, is just fun, right? I mean, part of it's so part fun. of part of what we want to do here is like, so we're watching like um, something I've never seen before, but it's, uh, it's, and George said, this is its 44th season. I think he said 44th season. What? what is it's Guy, Guy Fieri oh. um, in a, in a grocery store and it's a cooking contest. Um oh. Maybe you know this thing. It's no. it's um, June but anyway, it, it turns out to be oh June definitely does. Um, it turns out to be like kind of great diversionary fun and and very good natured and I'm, I just find myself so drawn to that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Where and, and I don't know about you, Heidi. You know, but like uh, I don't know if this happens during Family Feud, but I think for <laughs> me it could. Uh, but when I'm watching this and I feel like. Um, there's even this playful competition between people. I find myself, and I'm just realizing this now, so bear with me a second. <laughs> I find myself <laughs> getting teared up, like literally getting um, choked up and uh, in, in a way like 
that brings back some kind of faith in humanity or something. Yeah. I, and I'm not kidding. Like, you know, um, where it's like, oh, yeah, we are these people who can be this way with each other and playful in this way, but really rooting yeah. for each other at the core. And, yep. um, and there's something about that. Whenever I see that played out in any media, I'm kind of like, uh, I, I don't have much uh, veneer of stoicism at all right now. <laughs> so yeah. it does not take a whole lot for me to fall apart. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. Even during Family Feud. Is that right? Yeah, I can imagine yeah. that like, Family Feud gives you a moment or two. Yeah, <laughs> everything does. And it's all like a reminder of what, you know, how things used to be and a little yeah. question mark of whether they'll ever go back to that and, and all yeah. of it. Um, I... I showed Will Spotlight the other night, which I was a little oh. bit on the fence about because it's one of my favorite movies ever. I mean, it's really one of the best movies ever made. I think. One of the um, best movies ever made. Right? Oh, it's so it, good. It, um, not only did I watch that, but then I made Julie watch All the President's Men afterwards yeah. because it, 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 these are movies about journalism in, in different eras, effectively. But Spotlight has more than just journalism involved. Yeah. And just to look at like how different just the idea of reporting feels in different eras. Totally. And it's like, that, it's a really good juxtaposition. How, how did Will do with Spotlight? How did that go? So fine. And, and throughout, and I, I guess, <clears throat> I think this is maybe interesting to people. As I was watching it throughout, I was cringing a little bit like, oh, is this too much to put on him right now? Like, you know, mm -hmm. he's 10 and it's about <laughs> pedophilia. Um, <laughs> It's There's not no. Family Feud. I don't think <laughs> really hardly ever asked a question about <laughs> pedophilia, right? Where people are hitting buzzers. <laughs> Although Family Feud can be dirty. Like, there's a few times where I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, right. It can't. That's can't the it. truth. It gets, oh, yeah. it gets randy. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of vulgar. Um, I mean, you know, game show network level vulgar. Right. But, like, you know, there's a lot of, like, especially about women's body parts. Um, but anyway. Um, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's Steve Harvey. <laughs> like, you know, it's Steve Harvey. <laughs> Steve Harvey is not in Spotlight, though. Um, he doesn't even what a make spoiler. a cameo. <laughs> Sorry if that ruins the movie for people who haven't seen it. There are no Steve Harvey appearances. It's funny. Mark Ruffalo um, is in the movie throughout. Yes, um, Heidi, we all so know the Mark Ruffalo's in Spotlight. For God's boyfriend. sake, man. <laughs> oh, I know. I um, knew. I knew. I was. I had a bet with myself. How long is it going to be before I hear the words Mark Ruffalo? <laughs> Did I tell you about the time we had dinner? Um, you didn't Mark have Ruffalo to because you wear a t-shirt every time we do a podcast <laughs> with you and Mark Ruffalo on it. <laughs> oh, fine. You did actually sit next movie. to Mark Ruffalo at dinner, right? We had. To, I didn't just sit next to him. We had dinner together. Uh, Sorry. Yes, I said I, 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 I got my words wrong. <laughs> my apologies. I sometimes forget the part where it was because my husband was interviewing him, um, but Still, we had dinner together. Anyway, um, my husband was also there. His wife was not there, so that is a key detail. Uh, well, I'm glad Michael got to be present for your dinner with Mark Ruffalo. Right. Yeah, he witnessed yeah. it. Good to Michael on that one. <laughs> and then the part that happened on stage was actually my husband and Mark Ruffalo, and I was not invited to that part, but I watched it. Anyway, Spotlight. Um, yes. It was about priests and pedophilia and you know true story and 
uh, here's my seven year seven year old, ten year old watching it, and I'm thinking like. Does he even know, like, what some? Does he know what molest means? Like, you know, there were oh, right. moments where I was like, I don't know, actually, if he knows what this means. And then if he does, if he's all of a sudden like, wait, that happens to boys? Or, yeah. or did he already know all this? Or did he know it happened but not at the hands of priests? Like, so um, all these things are in my head in real time, like, and it's too late to turn it off. I mean, I guess I could have said, like, is this too hard to watch? Should we turn it off? But I didn't. And he wasn't, mm-hmm. like, leaving the room or covering his head or anything. But... Anyway, in the end, we watched the whole thing. He liked it a lot. The next day, we were in the car together running an errand. Um, and I decided to just ask him those questions that had been in my head. Yeah. And um, we had a great conversation on 100 levels, which I'm not going to repeat because it's not anybody's business. <laughs> but um, <laughs> But I will say, like... I am having those kind of moments a lot these days where I'm like, I'm going to like, especially with stuff that we're watching together. I'm like, Oh, is this a little much or is yeah. this? And you know, at the same time, I think I'm getting a call. Is that possible? Um, I don't know. Possible. Is it Mark Ruffalo? <laughs> it's probably Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> we'll have to edit that out. I don't want people knowing he calls me in the middle of the day. <laughs> Just embarrassing for Michael right, mostly. Of course um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, where was I? Now I'm flustered. Um, yes, of course. Oh. So you were saying you, you're having these really interesting discussions with like Will that you're not going to share, but I, and I get why. Um, yeah. Totally makes but sense, I, but it's really like stimulating, and, and he it's it's is it interesting to hear what he has to say and his, his totally commentary is. and stuff. It totally is. And I think this is all a little bit the theme we've been talking about, which is that like we can we can give our kids credit for their like, you know, nuanced, like pretty sophisticated thinking on topics that are hard and and dark. And especially like I was sitting there thinking like, well, he watches the Star Wars movies or like he's seen Marvel movies like, you know, that it's certainly not like we've up to this point only watched Finding Nemo. Like, right. you know, right. there's been violence. There's been grieving there's been you know um so i just think in in my experience this past month um and maybe others will want to try this or have been trying it um you know it's okay to give them like a little like stuff that might seem a little um mature for them and then have Mm -hmm. good conversations about it afterwards um that that has been um a real gift during all of this in in our house you know in addition to like the just the goofy you know let's watch family feud or let's watch yeah. watch you know forrest gump like there's been you know a little more lighthearted stuff here and there too but um all of it it feels pretty good and and useful right now i love i love the idea that you watch spotlight with your 10 year old and you know i i, I think that um I agree that like a little, a little press to that maturity level and you probably find, I don't know what you found with Will and you do not have to say, but, um, I can imagine, um, with a bright, uh, precocious, interested, uh, 10 or 11 or 12 year old that you're, you you probably find like, wow, you're, you really took that in and integrated it and you're really thoughtful about it and you have stuff to, you, you have thoughts roiling around now in your mind about it. Um, and, and I think that, you know, like I I find that with the kids I work with more and more, like I, I find myself encouraging them 
to read stuff that is not just YA, but straight up like adult fiction or um, to, you know, like I will send kids an article if I think it's something they'd be interested in. And it can be pretty big and sophisticated and about a really, really difficult issue or a couple of difficult issues. Like I feel like Spotlight is about like this horrifying thing that happened in not just the Boston Archdiocese, but everywhere. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, and speaks to like power structures and a bunch of different things. But also, I mean, I can imagine as, you know, journalists like you, you, that, that this is probably an interesting thing to share with your, with your son, with your family. Um, Yeah. I also wanted him to see how newspapers work at their very best, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking about different scenes in that movie and I'm like, well, I wonder how a 10 year old would react to that. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking about that, that one, the, the scene toward the end where um, the Michael Keaton character um, is very aware that he, he had access to this story yep. long before it came out yep. and buried it. Right. And yep. like how, like, Oh, like the, the, is that so nuanced that a 10 year old doesn't pick up on it? I bet not. No. That was yeah. a huge takeaway that we talked about. And we talked, yeah, I mean, yes. And talked about the parallels with like other institutions where like, you know, that they do a lot of good in the community. Um, and yet when they make a mistake, they have to be held accountable because, you know, nobody's above accountability. Yep. Um, and let's think of some other examples of that. Like then we started talking about like, the Laquan McDonald trial and, yes, you know, so other, yeah, it just right. got us on all different. And, and like, so what, like, what if you knew a long time ago and didn't say anything and then you decide later to talk about it? So that, I mean, it just, the conversation went in a million different interesting directions and, yeah. you know, through, through all of it, I, it was not me leading it. It was yeah, us having so a cool. dialogue, you know? So I like that if there's a takeaway there, I like at least part of it being something along the lines of, don't don't underestimate your kids. Like you know, you don't have to keep your ten year old in the Finding Nemo phase. Yeah, Not that there's anything wrong with that. Like too. you can watch that fifty times. But yeah, and in there, fact, there we watched Spotlight Mission. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. of course. Um, yeah, that was family movie night one night was Frozen Two, and then a couple nights later it was Spotlight. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I love that, and I and that that's like a really interesting choice. Now there, I have a vested interest in you watching all the president's men with them. Um, in, yeah, in part totally. because there's, there's a great scene in there. Um, and, uh, I think I asked George to watch this cause he, um, uh, was living downtown at the time, but there's a scene where, um, they realize that like deep throat has some connection to this guy in Minnesota. And so, um, you know, whereas today, what I assume you would do or Michael would do sitting at your desks is you Google the guy's name first thing, right? right? And mm-hmm. Robert Redford pops up from his chair and he walks into a room full of phone books. Yeah, <laughs> And he looks totally. from Minneapolis and he like flips through like feverishly and then he starts calling numbers of guys who have names similar to this. Yep. <laughs> and it's just so funny to like watch kids watch this, right? You know, like yeah. at one point, Dustin Hoffman takes off and Robert Redford can't get in touch with him. He's like in his car somewhere and he's like, oh, I got to tell him something really important before he does that interview. And I can't, I can't because there's no way to get in touch with him. Yeah. Um, Okay. Now I want to watch that. I mean, I want to watch it with him. Oh, that's so good. You'll love it. And it's, it's actually really interesting counterpoint to spotlight just in the way reporters have access and, and can get something done and the tenacity, right. You know, like, 
spotlight, you, you feel the tenacity and the reluctance of the reporters at the same time, right? Like, well, we can't, we can't do this. This is, this is going to blow the whole archdiocese open. We're all Catholics, right? This is right. what our culture is based on. And yet we have to do this, right? You know, it's right. like, and the, there, there's some to? of that. Yeah. And there's some of that in, that shows up like in the same way in all the president's men. Do you feel a little Siskel and Ebert thing happening here? Like, a little I, bit. Are we I also think Michael we've been talking for like three and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like nobody's listening still at this point. If you're still here, kudos to you, man, because we're right? we are in hour four and I've run out of tape in my phone. <laughs> but I feel, can I share one more thing I'm watching? Because I feel yeah. it fits here. So okay. we were watching um, another Reese Witherspoon vehicle called The Morning Show. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is this is uh, the Jennifer Aniston. Um, Steve Carell. Yes, yeah, Steve Carell is in it, right? And he is effectively your Matt Lauer character. Matt Lauer, okay, yeah. Yeah, oh, really, like, very much so, to the point where you're like, he at some point looks like Matt Lauer to you, you know? Like, wow. um, yeah. And uh, I don't know if you saw Bombshell, the movie about Fox News and Roger Ailes and how to. this all. I haven't seen it yet. It, so uh, we were we were just comparing the two as we went, and, and George and Lauren, his girlfriend, are staying with us. So we're we were all watching this together. And I don't know if you and Will uh, or you and June, you and Michael, Will and June are pausing. We find I see that we're pausing constantly to have a discussion. So George at one point paused, and he said like, there was some a horrific scene of sexual assault, um, and it was it spared you virtually nothing hmm. of the, you know, the, the whole, the visual and the, and the, and the, her face. And, and, um, and George said, wow, we've been hearing about like me too for years. Uh, I watched bombshell. I've, you know, read countless things about it. That three minutes ruined me. Like I, that, wow. that, that makes me understand something. I don't think I could possibly have understood without it. Mm. So, wow. you know, it's like, yeah. So we're kind of having some moments like that, like your yeah. your time with Will. And so I think maybe mixing in, even at this time, like I'm surprised that we're able to watch stuff so brittle and and be okay and still have these discussions. But that's probably a good thing, right? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it would feel a little phony to to pretend this is the only layer of life right now is yeah. the p- pandemic. I mean, it definitely informs everything, but it's not, it's not everything, right? It's not, it's, it can't be everything. I think yeah. if, it, if it's everything, then we're just tripping over ourselves and spilling coffee. Yeah. I'm not even <laughs> getting out of bed. Yeah. Okay. So we are, we're, we're in our, our four here. And um, okay. so we should probably sign off, but um, this has been, this has been kind of fun and hopefully if anybody's still with us, um, <laughs> <laughs> they've enjoyed it too. Totally. I have to go because I have to call Mark back. Um, <laughs> Give him my best if he would. He doesn't um, know you. Yeah. That, th- thank you, Heidi. Right. I, that, that was just a joke. I didn't mean to step on any toes here. <laughs> All right. Okay. We are going to let Heidi get to Mark Ruffalo. Uh, this is on purpose. Everybody have a good, safe week, and we'll talk to you next time next time.